Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Wow, God is so good. Man, do you feel His presence in your space right now? I love worshiping together. And even though we're you know, not physically together, spiritually, you can feel the connection. And then I hope that God's presence is absolutely in your space right now. I feel so blessed today. I feel so blessed to be a part of a church that is full of change makers. Can I tell you, I just, I've been so caught up in this all week long, just thinking about the goodness of God and thinking about who is in this family. There is, this is a church of change makers. Man, what a wild ride this church has been on for the last three years. I mean, we have just seen so many incredible things happen over the, the three years, but you know what? We're just getting started. And today, man, I am so uh, caught up because I'm so pumped up about what God is doing. He's on the move and how he is, man, really investing his heart in this church, just as we've been looking at you know, what does it look like for kingdom to come, kingdom come down in our city and our neighborhoods and our homes, and God is moving. There's a mandate on this church. Man, it's a mandate to transform a city. And we are transforming a city to be the standard of the world. And can I tell you this, that the enemy is so afraid of the potential of Philadelphia. He is so afraid of the potential of this city. And he is even more afraid of the children of God being lit on fire. He's not afraid if you attend church. He's not afraid if you even read the word. He's not afraid of that. He is afraid that you catch flame. Let me tell you, there's a mandate on this church. Uh, man, can I just implore you and encourage you to step in. Step in at this time because I believe that we are seeing um, a shift. We're seeing just an impact of what God is doing around the globe. We're seeing his church come alive. There are movements breaking out all over the land, not just church growing, but church going deeper, getting the fire of God, and then expanding the walls of the church. We're breaking out of what was the mindset of church. And this is an incredible day to be alive. It's an incredible church to be a part of. And I am blessed. Man, if you're blessed, can you just put it in the comments right now? Say, I'm blessed to be a part of this family. I'm blessed to be a part of a team of change makers, people making it happen, having a mandate and a vision on them. We are going forward and taking this city for Jesus. I do have to say, you know, if you're looking for a church, to come into and sit and be comfortable and have a nice, comfortable Christian environment, then I'm just gonna encourage you to keep looking. There's a ton of churches to plug into and this is not your church. We are out to transform a city and change it for Jesus Christ. But if you are looking to come alive to your purpose, to come alive to why God put you on this earth, then it's time to plug in. It's time to jump in. You found your home. So man, if you're ready to come alive to your purpose this season, if you're ready for the adventure of your life, for God to use you and light you ablaze, can you just put in the comments, say, I found my home. Come on, put it in there right now. Say, I found my home. In fact, we just put in the comments where you're watching from. We'd love to know what city you're coming from. If you're in Philadelphia, what neighborhood you're a part of. Man, if you're with a watch party, go ahead, put their names in there. Let's, let's, uh, let's, 
show where we're watching from. We're believing that God is doing something incredible right now in our community and what God is doing in this family. Oh man, I love it. I believe the potential is so great for your life. And uh, today, man, I'm excited to dive into this word. Yo, we're starting a new series called Committed. Come on, somebody say it with me. Say committed. Say committed. Put it in the comments. Come on, put it out. Committed. Committed. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, America's commitment level today. I'm not talking about this culture's commitment. So we got to define it from the start. Let me set this series up for you, what we're going after, because we're talking about a life commitment. Not one of those three months, the trial version, take 30 days to commit and put your credit card information in. But if you don't like it, you could totally cancel. I'm not talking about that kind of commitment. I'm not talking about a wishy-washy jump in, jump out. I'm talking about a lifestyle, a life commitment to this incredible adventure that Jesus has for you. So if you're ready for the greatest adventure you've ever lived, if you're ready, if you're ready to jump into what God has for you, say, this season will be the greatest adventure of my life. Come on, put it in the comments right now. Say, this season will be the greatest adventure of my life. I believe God has so much for you in this season. I believe that this church is just getting started, just getting to the, the tip of the iceberg of what God wants to do. He is pouring out His Spirit, and we are seeing lives transformed. Man, we're uh, in our group, and can I just brag for a little bit about my group? My group is full of some incredibly on fire individuals and they are crazy. I love them to death. And we were just on there and I was just like, man, my heart was so full as we were meeting. That's, I'm so excited about my circle that I'm doing this season with. And if you haven't found your circle, I encourage you, jump in, what are you waiting for? Get a circle of people that you are doing this season with. We, we say that at the church, we do life together. This is not a weekend church. This is not a show up and clock in, clock out. This is doing life all week long. Text messages, phone calls, getting on the group, getting in the prayer zone. I'm telling you, this church is on the move. We are not waiting on a move of God. We are the move of God. I mean, that group was on fire. Just, it, you know what? Here's what I love about groups. When you get in a circle of people who are like-minded, when you get in a circle of people who are on fire for God, that fire catches you ablaze. That fire increases whatever's in you. And it's a beautiful space because the fire of God is not the fire of this world. It's not like a feel good to get pumped up for the day. The fire of God is a refining fire. It refines all things that are outside of the perfection of his will for your life. Everything that, that causes impurity, everything that causes you to look at other things and depend on things that are temporary and will burn, they're refined. They're purified in the fire of God. And so these circles, doing life together is so important, so crucial. So man, from the, the get-go, you need to jump in, okay? It's wildfire, it's spreading, and you need to be a part. And you know, this is a time where God is really calling the church to, to be involved. And I encourage you to jump in. Yeah, I don't know what your part is. But maybe you're sitting there like, you know, I do need to step in. I got some creative skills I need to give. Maybe you have some marketing background. You're like, you know, I, can, I need to get the word of God out. I need to spread this city. We are transforming a city, period. We're transforming a city. We're getting the gospel out because we believe that Jesus is coming back. And this city will be the standard of the world of what it looks like for kingdom to be on earth. And so what is your part? What is your part? Maybe you don't even know, but jump in. Man, that's why we have belong. 
part of our groups. Jump into the class. Know about the church and the vision of what we're doing. Because you know what? This is a church that is full of change makers. Man, if you're ready to jump in today to God's word, just put in the comments just some flame emojis or on fire. Just say, just say, man, I'm ready. I'm, I'm hot. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Man, committed, committed. Talking about this being committed, we're going to be looking at today one of the most dangerous things that Jesus asks of us. And if you answer this question, if you answer by saying, yes, this will be one of the most dangerous but exciting adventures of your life, I promise you. So we're going to be looking at today. And then we're going to be breaking it down every week. And we're talking about the fire of God and how if you don't have the fire, you're missing out. Man, you're missing out on 90% of why you are a Christian. <laughs> I promise you. If you're not flowing in the fire power, if you're not flowing in the power of God, you're missing it. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about spreading the gospel. Maybe you've never led someone to the Lord personally. I want to break it down. I want to make it so easy, and I'm going to empower you in the flow of Christianity. It's why we were made. It's Jesus' great commission to us. We're going to break it down. What does it look like to be committed to this thing, man, to go after what God has for us? We're going to be bringing all this stuff down. This, this series is literally going to be not just a feel-good message, not just even a journey we're on. This is going to be an adventure. It's going to break you out of your comfort zone. But if you take it on, you, you jump in on this, I'm telling you, it's going to transform your life. So if you're ready for the crazy adventure, just repeat me and say, this season will be the greatest adventure of my life, of my life. Come on. This is going to be a season where God has positioned you for such a time as this. I want you to catch that because God right now has positioned you in a place to use you mightily. God hasn't placed you accidentally he didn't say, whoops, landed in Philly. Whoops, uh, that'll just be a quick season. Uh, that'll just be something for the time being. No, God positioned you on purpose. Everything is for your good. Everything is to direct your steps. And so today you have to understand that as we jump into this, 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 this question that Jesus asks of us, you have to understand you are here for a reason. You're here for a reason. Commitment is a decision or a pledge. I mean, I was looking up all the definitions of commitment. And I think, honestly, I think it's been watered down through all of the generations. And I think even today, our thought and mentality of commitment has totally been in the shallow end. Um, when, when we say commitment as Christ followers, when Jesus says, come and commit your life, you know, take up your cross, these things that he says in the word of God. When he says commitment, he does not mean what we think as a society as commitment. Our commitment is very like, if it feels good, it's very conditional. You know, if you follow these things, then I will. You hear it all, all in our language. You know, that's why the divorce rate is way up today because it's conditional. It's, I will love you if you do this. But if you don't, I'm sorry, I'm out. Or I will commit to this club or organization or church, or I will commit to this family. But as soon as it gets tough, as soon as the conditions aren't met, I'm out. And I want to talk about commitment, like the way that Jesus defines it, the way that Jesus lays it out. Because his commitment is like unconditional. It's like, no matter what you do, I'm committed to you. Aren't you thankful that God is committed to you? Aren't you thankful Jesus didn't give up on you? 
When you, when you decided to do your own thing, you took your time to come around, maybe you were even in Christianity, you're going to church, but you weren't following him as Lord and King. Aren't you so grateful that Jesus didn't give up on you? They didn't have conditions to say, oh, you've uh, hit the 30-day mark. I'm sorry, that trial period is over. Time to pay. No, Jesus said, I am with an unconditional love. I'm committed to you. That's what you have to understand before we even get started because, you know, there's so many things we commit to, marriage, kids, starting a job, you know, jumping into school, going after courses, um, being a part of a church even is a commitment that we make. We make commitments all the time. But today I want to talk about the greatest commitment you will ever make in your entire life. And for some of you who know Jesus, this is going to be taking it to the next level. For those of you who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, maybe you just caught the stream through an invite or literally you just saw it and you're like, that guy looks crazy. So you pushed on the video, just see what was going on, what I was saying. Hey, wherever you are, I don't care. All that matters is that you understand that God is calling you to a deeper level of commitment and deeper level of purpose. Come on, somebody say purpose. Purpose. You have purpose. And right now, you might not be living for a purpose that will last. You might be giving your life to so many things. You see, commitment, I've defined it. Okay, I've taken all the the different definitions. I've kind of made my own definition for it, all right? So here's what I see as commitment. Commitment is locking yourself to the future of that thing, person, place, or thing that you are committing to. Commitment is locking yourself to the future of the thing you are committing to. That's what you have to understand that the seriousness of what we commit our lives to is crucial for you to understand the importance, the depth. This is big time because you are committing to the future of that thing. You are following something to its either demise or its destiny, its victory or its defeat. You are following it. You're locking in. You're saying, that is what I'm locking into. And maybe some of you don't even realize that you've been committing to something up to this point. You're like, I'm not committed to nothing. I live my own life. I'm my own boss. I do my own thing. I do it my way. Maybe that's you. And you're like, you know what? That's not me. I'm not committed to anything. I want to show you that you actually are. You're actually very committed right now to something. And today you can make the decision to either follow Jesus or keep following what you're following. And so I want to break it down. I want to look at Matthew chapter 16 to set the foundation today. Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. Break open your Bibles, light it up on your phone, however you need to do it. But let's get the word of God open today. Matthew chapter 16, verse 23 says this. Then Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have the mind of the You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? For what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth. 
Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Jesus asks a very dangerous thing of us. He says, follow me. Breaks it down into two words that will absolutely transform your life if answered properly. Jesus tells his disciples, and he starts the whole thing off by saying, get behind me, Satan. And we're like, whoa, a little intense. But what he was saying is he was teaching Peter, because Peter had said, Lord, you will not have to die. You will not have to do all these things, all the things that you're talking about. And he was speaking against the mission of God, the mission of God to save the entire world. And Jesus, in that conversation, points Peter to the the reality of why they're there, of why Jesus actually showed up on earth. He showed up to save the entire nation. So he said, Peter, your thoughts are of man. Your thoughts are here on earth. You have have the the worldly thinking going on. So I need you to to kind of get behind me because I want to show you the the actuality of what we're doing. The reality of, of this life is to follow me, to lay down what you think, to answer the call. See, back in the day, rabbis, the great rabbis were teachers and they would teach the students. And what happened is all throughout a Jewish boy's life, they would learn the scriptures. They would memorize it. And Jesus was a Jew. So we know that he grew up like this. He learned the scriptures. He memorized them. He knew them by heart. And then when you got to a certain age, a certain point in your studies, you would choose a rabbi to follow. Now, when you committed to a rabbi, this wasn't to say, I'm going to follow you on Instagram. I'm going to write down some of the things you say. I'm going to, I'm going to try to like be whatever. No, it was saying, I'm going to commit my life to be like you. I'm committing my entire existence to look like you. And so this whole concept of a rabbi uh, asking a disciple to follow him was totally backwards. It totally shifted the mentality of what that time was happening. So the students would come to the rabbi and say, I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. I want to learn from you and know you. And they would look to these famous rabbis. But Jesus, we have to to see this because this is huge. He humbled himself. He humbled himself, put himself in a very vulnerable state and said, would you follow me? And we see it all throughout the Gospels. He's asking his disciples one by one, hey, drop your nets, follow me. Hey, lay down that job and follow me. Hey, walk away from what you knew and follow me. It's a call that he says to every Christ follower. Every person in the world has the decision to make when Jesus says, hey, stop what you're doing and follow me. Dangerous stupid dangerous. And when you answer this call, what's on the other side, you are committing, you are committing to the future of Jesus, of where he's headed. That's what we have to understand is that you have two choices. You're either committed to Christ or you're committed to the world. There's only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And so whatever you choose to commit yourself to, to say, that is my king, that is my Lord. And maybe you don't say those words, but you do it with your life. Your actions speak way louder than your words. I promise you. You can say one thing, but totally live out another and promise you that it will be accounted for someday. 
You will have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You, ha- you will have to give an account of everything you did here on earth, of, of every decision you made to either follow Christ or follow the world, to follow the light or follow the darkness. You will have to give an account. This is, the, this is what people get so caught up in is like, Jesus says these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, our world has a big problem with this. In fact, we have so many different religions. It's like there's so many ways to get to God, so many pathways to get to God. Can I tell you? No, there's not. There is one way. And you will have to give an account with what you did with his call, with what you did with his his question to you. Will you follow me? You see, Jesus is the only way. He is the only way. And that call is to you today. Will you follow him? Will you follow him? When we make that decision to follow Christ, we sometimes we look at it like, all right, we got to pack our bags, right? Like, what are we going to take? Like Jesus is calling us to this journey. So I got my suitcase here, my handy dandy suitcase. This thing is ginormous. Like this is one of those you can fit a whole family of five in, right? Sometimes, you know, we could even like pack my daughter in this because it's just so big. It's crazy. But this is one that you can very, very easily overpack. And this is the one that they always are like, oh, sir, it's over 50 pounds. Now you have to pay like $75,000. Like, okay, fine, it's whatever. But like, this is the ginormous suitcase that sometimes we bring to the commitment to the Father. And we're like, Jesus, yes, we'll give our lives to you. And also we'll just bring our stuff too. Like we have all this stuff that we're going for, God. You have to understand there's a lot of priorities that we have, a lot of things that we're going after. We are committed to a lot. And so God, you're one of the things, but we have a ton of things that need to come with us. And so that's how we treat the commitment level. But Jesus said, if you want to gain your life, you will, go ahead, finish it, lose it. If you lose your life, you find it. That's how the kingdom works. He said, take up your cross. Take that which you're willing to die upon. And sometimes we treat commitment like, Jesus, yes, you're my homeboy. Um, yeah, God, I got all my stuff too, just in case, like a backup plan. Like just in case it doesn't work out. Just in case the purpose of God doesn't you know, fulfill all my needs. I got other stuff, God, and I got to take it. But this is a wearisome life. The Bible says you can't, you can't commit to two masters. You cannot serve two masters. You must either serve the one and hate the other or hate the one and serve the other. You know, it doesn't work like that to serve both. Jesus calls you to say yes, to follow him, to drop everything and follow him. Now, does this mean that you need to go sell your car, sell your possessions, sell your home, go live homeless on the street? Absolutely not. What we're talking about here is the strings that are attached, the commitment level, where your heart is there, your treasure is also. If your heart is here on the earth, if you've fallen in love with the pleasures of the world, the success of this this earth, I'm telling you, you are committed to something else other than Christ. But when your mindset changes and you say, Lord, you are king, you are, yes, I say yes, I wanna become like you. All of a sudden your treasure is in heaven. You say, that is what I'm going for. So now all the things you build on earth are to fulfill the kingdom of God. (laughs) All the business you build now is to resource the kingdom of God. Your mindset changes. Now all the network that you build isn't to fulfill your success or to get you famous. Now it's to spread the gospel, to say, who needs Jesus and why'd you put me here, Lord? Can I tell you? To pack light. Now this 
is a Philadelphia way to travel. Come on, somebody. How many got them backpacks? You ready to go? Man, when I was in the burbs, we did not do the whole backpack thing. This was not a part of my life, you know? You either had a backpack for school or sometimes cool people might have their laptops in here. But in Philadelphia, we use this for everything. I mean, groceries go in here. You know, our, our dogs go in here. Like, everything goes in here. This is my backpack. You know, this is a Philadelphia way to travel. Because, hey, when you come to the Father and you say yes and you commit to Him, you stick a backpack on you and say, God, this is all I'm going to need. I need something that's mobile. I'm in the city. I'm, I'm transforming. I'm moving. And so whatever you give me, I'm just going to put in. I'm just going to have it. But we pack light. Man, lay down the commitment to the world. Say, God, I'm just taking on what you have. He said to his disciples, don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. I will take care of you. I see the sparrows when they fall. I care about the grass, all that stuff. He says, I care about you deeply. I care about you. And I will cause all things to work together for your good. So don't worry about bringing your, your luggage and saying, God, I just need to carry this around all my life. No, no, no. Commitment to him fully. And I promise you, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. We've seen it in our business. We've seen it in this church. We've seen it all throughout. We have sought him first. And when you seek him first, the pleasures, the, the favor, the blessings of God follow you. And that's not why you do it, but it's just the, it's the abundance of being in God. It's the abundance of following him. Are there hard days? Absolutely. Is there hard work to it? Yes. I promise you. Will there be suffering? Yes. Yes, he promises. He says, the world will hate you because of me. You will be persecuted because of this mission. And if you're not yet, maybe you're not fully committed. But I tell you that that the blessing of knowing who Jesus is, the blessing of understanding that you are locked in to the future of Christ. He says, now when you come to me, I'm in you and you and me. Now you're co-heirs to everything the Father has given me. <laughs> he said to his disciples, I give you the authority that was given to me. And he said, Lord God, the, the oneness that we have now, let them have it too. Everything that Jesus has is ours when we say yes. When we say yes. So my question to you is, what is on the other side of that yes? for you and your life, where you are right now. The position that you're in, because we believe that you are there for such a time as this. You are in this church for such a time as this. You are getting involved and feeling the urgency to go deeper in your prayers and declaration and going out into the streets and lighting this city on fire for a reason. So what is on the other side of that yes? What is on the other side of your commitment? To say, Lord, I'm locking in. I'm giving you everything. And maybe I've been wishy-washy in the back. Maybe I've been, in the past, I've, I've just kind of gone here and gone there and gone with the motions, but today I'm making a stand and I'm saying, yes. I'm saying, yes. What's on the other side of that yes? And you might say, you know, why is it so important that we make this drastic yes? Why can't we just chill? Like, why can't we just be like going through the motions and just being a part of a church and feeling good? Let me tell you, Revelations chapter three uh, gives you the answer to that one. Revelations chapter three, verse 15. And he says this, he says, um, he's talking to all of the, the churches, right? So he's talking to all the angels of the churches. Um, and he says this, he says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. 
So because you're lukewarm right in the middle, you're not committed to Christ, you're not committed to the world fully, you're just kind of back and forth and whoever feels good at the time, you're lukewarm. You're lukewarm. He says, you're neither hot nor cold and I am about to spit you out of my mouth. That's what God thinks of lukewarmness. That's what Jesus will do to you in the end times. If you're neither for Jesus or not for him, or you kind of serve all these gods and you have like all this religion, you're just kind of a universal, you know, it's just the universe is my God. I'm telling you, you know, I, I encourage you to really study the scriptures, understand the reality of what this is. This word has been proven true, not just by the theologians, but by historians, by scientists. They've, they've fact-checked this thing. It's been eyewitness proven over the century. I, I encourage you to read Case for Faith, Case for Christ. Read these things where people tried to tear this thing apart. They tried to break it down. An atheist actually grabbed a hold of us and said, I'm going to prove it wrong. And I ended up becoming a Christian because there's too much proof. There's too much proof that this is reality. And so it's so important that you do not just get in this this apathetic Christianity where it's just going through the motions. And if you feel it, you're good. But grandma prayed for me and I don't know, I'm just, I attend church to make her feel good. I'm telling you, it's not going to cut it. The weekend church is not going to cut it when we get to heaven. When you stand before God, it's not going to cut it that you went to church on Sunday, that you read your Bible once in a while, that you gave and tithe to make yourself feel good. That is not going to cut it, I promise you. When you get before the throne, he will say, did you follow me? Do you know me? What did you do with the mission of God in your life? What did you do to spread the gospel? That is why we are so intense as a church to say we are transforming a city. We're doing whatever it takes, anything short of sin to make sure that we know people are going to heaven. Ooh, we've got the mission of God. We cannot be lukewarm. It's time that God is raising up a people that is hot, not hot or cold. And I, I encourage you, make the decision. Will you follow Christ or will you not? Make that decision because it's better that you make that decision than to just be in the middle. He says better, better that way. Um, I want to look at 1 John chapter 2. This talks about the love of the world. You say, I'm going to be committed to the world for a little bit, and then maybe I'll come back to Jesus if I feel like it and all that stuff. I want to show you the, the, the seriousness um, just of what, what is going to happen to this world. I don't think we understand the reality, and sometimes we get caught up in the, the false reality that this world sells us. I mean, you look at social media, you look at media, you look at the, the news um, channels, you look at everything. They're selling us a false reality, and a lot of us are falling for it. A lot of us are falling for this false reality that the world is what we're gaining and we need to make this place a better place. A lot of people live to like make the environment friendly and all stuff. And not that the, that stuff is bad, but it's not the reason we live. It isn't. And so I want to I point out right here, 1 John chapter 2, you can get mad at me and email me later about the environment, but hey, I'm just preaching the word of God, okay? First uh, John chapter 2, verse 15, he says, do not love the world. Can't get any more blatantly obvious than that. <laughs> he says, do not love the world or, in case you're confused, anything in the world. Wow. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What? 
what? Okay, Jesus getting a little crazy here. Look at this. I'm telling you, Jesus' words are dangerous and effective. And if you will dive in, you will understand. Jesus is not asking for you to jump into a church on a weekend for one hour. He's not asking you to read your scripture every once in a while. He's not asking you to be a part of a kumbaya circle. He's asking you to lay down your life. Full commitment. Full commitment to lock into the future of Christ. Verse 16, she says, for everything in the world. This is the reality you have to live with. This is what's stamped on. So write this down. Come on. He says in verse 16, for everything in the world, the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away. Another translation said burn up. We see another uh, story where the disciples were looking at all the... Uh, architecture and all the buildings and they were just like, wow, this place is so crazy. Look at this. And Jesus was like, get your eyes on the right thing. <laughs> Basically saying, uh, don't look at that. If you look at that, you love that, you're into that, that's all you're thinking about, you've missed it. He said, the whole place is going to burn. I mean, re read Revelation. I, I encourage you to read Revelation and get the reality of Revelation in your heart. If you live with that reality, you live with the reality that, hey, this place is going to burn. Jesus is coming back for his bride, and it doesn't matter what towers of Babel we've built. It does not matter the success we've made on this earth. All that matters is when we stand before him and call him Lord and know him. He says, the world and its desires will pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Man, when you fully understand everything in this world, you commit to it, you commit to your grind, you commit to building something here on earth, you commit to pass something down to your family, which again, is not bad. It's not bad things. But when your life is committed to it, you miss the point of your entire existence. You miss the point of your, you being here. And when you get to heaven, you see, you won't fully realize that until you get to heaven. And you see Jesus. And that, I'm telling you, when you get there, see, God is raising up a glorious church that's pure and spotless. He's not coming back for a church that's been cheating on him. He's not coming back for a church that's been committing adultery with everything that makes us feel good. And we're like, oh yeah, we got Jesus too. Like he's our husband. But you know, everything else in the world is my side hustle. It's my little side thing. He's not coming back for a church that is tainted. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. A, a, a glorious church that is clean. And so we have to understand this, that we cannot serve two masters. We must commit to Christ. We must commit to Christ. So what will you do with that today? Man, I encourage you, make the decision to follow Christ. If you could hear just the urgency in my voice, I hope you do. I hope you hear the urgency in my spirit that this is not something to play around with. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the days to come. You are not promised anything. All you, are, all you have is this moment right here. This moment right now that is, that is yours for the taking. That is yours to make the decision. And so I encourage you to make the decision to become like Jesus. His words, they're powerful. The disciples even had this time where Jesus was preaching a kind of difficult message. And I, I can just imagine, because I think if I preach this sermon at this church, probably my staff would pull me aside and be like, Yo, bro, you need to calm down. He preached this sermon. He's like, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot be my follower. You're not worthy of following me. And his disciples you know, were like, yo, Jesus, what's going on? He, and he asked them this question. He said, who do, you, who do they say I am? 
who they say. They say, well, some call you Messiah. Some think you're a great prophet. Some, you know, everybody has their thoughts of him. And think of it about that question today. You know, if you say, what does the world think of Jesus? Well, you know, some think he's like a good man. Some think he's insane. Some think, whatever, he might be a prophet or some call him the Messiah. And then he asks this question to me. He goes, what about you? Who do you think I am? And Peter, with revelation in his heart, understanding the truth with eyes wide open and ears open to hear the gospel and the truth, he says, you are the Messiah. And as the crowd dispersed and left because of the seriousness of the message, and that's what I believe is going to happen today. I believe that's going to happen in our world. You know what? It's sad, but the, the Bible even talks about it. There is so many people today that just want a message to tickle their ears. They just want a message that makes them feel good. And this will not be that church. This will not be that church. I will not give you messages just to tickle your ears and make you feel good until Jesus comes back. Because I know the seriousness of that day. I know the reality that we're living in, what God wants to do. And Jesus said, who do you say I am? And I ask you that question today. It's been given, passed down through all generations all the way to here. He says, will you follow me? Who do you say I am? And Peter responds, he says, he, he says, you're the Messiah. And, and Jesus said, well, will, you, will you go too? And he goes, where would we go? Where would we go? You have the words of life. You have the words of life. Later on, when Jesus was risen from the dead, he made his appearances. Uh, the first one, they didn't know it was him. They just was walking and talking with him, not knowing that it was Jesus. And when they left him, they, re they came to their senses and they said, wow, wasn't our hearts burning within us when he was speaking? You see, the words of Jesus are more than any other words in this world. And when you understand what he's calling you, he's calling you into a relationship with him, his words will burn in your heart. And you will answer this call and go. So are you ready? Are you ready, change family? Are you ready to answer the call? And Jesus asks you to go, to not be safe. He didn't say, hey, come and be safe. Come and be safe. That's the message of our world right now. Keep your safety. Keep, make sure that you're safe. No, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, lay down your life. If you want to follow me, come on, step into the spirit. I'm going to baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. You are here to destroy the works of the enemy, to take back this land for Jesus. I'm so excited for the adventure that God has for you, for the great, amazing experience that God wants to bring you into in this season. And I know it's going to be incredible, but we are going to follow God because think about how many people in our world, think about how many people in your network don't know Christ. Do some of your family members not know Christ? Maybe your coworkers, maybe even your children have walked away from God. Maybe they're in a place of rebellion and maybe you have people. That's why we're serious about this is because we have time right now. We have time, but we can't take it for granted. We have this period of time where we can spread the gospel, let people have seeds that are planted so they can respond to it. They respond to the same question Jesus asks you. Will you follow me? But you watch. This week when you answer this call, when you answer 
and say yes to Jesus. You put on the backpack, you're like, hey, let's go. I'm going on a journey with God. I'm going on to be bold with what God's given me. Maybe you've been given a talent. Maybe you've been given something in your life, a resource. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're a king and you've built resource. Hey, that is for a reason. God wants to use you to resource the kingdom of God. I promise you, on the other side of that, yes, Holy Spirit's gonna point stuff out all week. Oh man, I'm just declaring that right now. All week long, you're going to find situations that need the kingdom in it. You're going to find people that are without hope. You're going to find people that are sad. And instead of saying, I'm sorry to hear that. Instead of saying, oh, whatever, I'll pray for you. These little things, you're going to stop right there and say, hey, let's pray. Let me bring the kingdom of God down right now. Hey, let me give, let me resource, let me give of my life because I have said yes to following the rabbi. So therefore, I become like Jesus. And everywhere he went, he changed things. He rocked it. <laughs> he turned things upside down. Hallelujah. Who are you following? Who are you following? I want to pray for you today and pray that that prayer to say yes to Jesus. If you're ready to make him Lord, man, and to, to step into this life, to put on the backpack and say, God, I'm going. And wherever you take me is good. Wherever you take me, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. And you're saying, yeah, I'm going to commit. I'm going to lay down the commitment to this world. I'm going to lay down all the things that I try to carry around and bring into our relationship, Jesus. No, no, no. Today, I am making you Lord. I'm making you King. I'm saying yes to the most dangerous, most exciting question ever. Will you follow me? If you're ready to follow him, I just want you to raise your hands right now and say, Lord, I surrender to you. Right now in this moment, come on, wherever you are, say, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender to your plans. I say yes to following you. And, and maybe right now you need to search yourself and say, what nets am I carrying? That's what he said to his disciples. They were fishing for fish. And he said, lay down your nets. I'm going to fish you. To, I'm going to teach you to fish for people. I'm going to teach you to, to spread the gospel. I'm going to, I'm going to teach you how to carry this power and authority and proclaim the gospel in all the earth. Hey, that's maybe some of you have those nets. Hey, whatever that is right now, can you just surrender that to Jesus? And, and, and maybe you don't know what it is. Just say, Holy Spirit, search me. Search my heart. What am I, what am I attached to? What do I have things that I'm committed to? What things in my life am I devoted to? Lord, right now, we just pray. We say, yes. <laughs> we say yes, knowing that we lock into the future of Christ. We lock into the blessed hope, knowing that you are coming back for us, knowing that this is not our eternal reward, but it is in heaven with the glory of the Father. We understand, Lord, that this is not our home but we are designed and made to be with you. So Jesus, right now, we say yes, Lord. And God, I pray right now for those that are watching. I pray for those that are in their living rooms, those that are in watch parties right now, those that are just maybe even by themselves, Lord God, that you would fill that space with glory. Let the fire of God fill their lives. Let the power of God overtake them. God, I pray that you just manifest your glory in every space, Lord Jesus. I pray that all week long, we'd be caught up in the gaze. We'd be caught up in the stare, looking at you face to face. May God, I pray that you would intensify our hunger for you, intensify this church's hunger, that we go after you, God. This isn't just a Sunday thing, but it's every day we walk with you and we walk by faith. We become like you. Make this your prayer as we close. Say, Lord, make me like you.
you. <laughs> it's a dangerous prayer, but I mean it with all my heart. Lord, make me like you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.